This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. No matter how much you make, His grace is sufficient in any income bracket. But understanding that you have a part because you have stewardship, we have stewardship, we have been given stewardship, and God expects us to have stewardship over what we have, and then as we uh, have that stewardship, and we obey and do His will, and what He wants and has asked of us, then He can provide the grace. Don't think that the grace is going to come before you obey. Okay, The grace is not coming before you obey. The grace is in your obedience. The grace will be found in your obedience. As you obey, then you will find grace. But it's not coming before. And a lot of times that's what we want. We want to see how, how is it that God is going to provide? How is he going to provide for me? How is he going to sustain me? We want to know that first before we decide that we're going to obey. And it does not work that way. Listen, grace is something that is given to help you, to help aidnesses in the things that you cannot do. That's what grace is for. That's why it was grace in salvation, because we could not save ourselves. So grace had to step in, because that was not something that we could do on our own. Grace is only provided for the things that you cannot do. Grace is provided through the Word of God because you cannot change yourself. It's the Word of God that changes, but it's God that provides the Word because of His grace and through His grace, His grace being the gifts that He has given. And even those graces, even those gifts that he's given, those graces he's given to pastors, to teachers, to ministers, that is something that they cannot do on their own. Not, and, not, and, and be effective. Because, because teaching, ministering the word of God, yes, and some people may think, you know, you just get up here and you, and you, can, and you can read or whatever. You can read a passage and you can explain a passage. But it's, just, it's, more, it's a lot more than just that. And you can't even, the knowledge and the revelation that comes from Scripture, you can't even get on your own just by opening the the passage of Scripture and reading it. It's not coming that way. So we see that the grace of God, His grace is there to help us do what we cannot do. So if you say... Again, we're talking about money. So if you say, if you say, if you are comfortable, let me just say it this way. If you are comfortable, if you are comfortable in what you are giving and how you are giving, you're comfortable in what you're giving and how you're giving, you're comfortable in that, I say grace has not stepped in yet. Grace hasn't stepped in yet because you're comfortable in doing that. See, so when you feel like you have stretched yourself, when you feel like you've stretched yourself and you obey in that stretching, that's when you will realize and experience the grace of God. Grace is not for those who don't need it. And so remember last time, last week I said that 
We say that we want God's manifested presence in our lives. We say that. We say we want his manifested presence, meaning we want God to we want people to see God's hand upon our lives. We want God, we want people to see. We want to be able to experience God's hand upon our life. We want people to see God's hand upon our life. But we don't always allow provision for his presence. We don't always allow provision for his presence. And we don't always that means we don't always make room for it. We don't always make room for it. So, God is just, I mean, God is a good God. He's just, you know, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And He said to me, in, in, in my study time, He said to me that a lot of people, and even in this ministry, a lot of people who think that they are operating and functioning on grace, is actually operating and functioning on his mercy, which is a difference. Remember I told you last time that God said that there are some of us, there are some people that have yet to do what God has asked you to do when it comes to your finances and giving to your local body. This local body is a smaller part of the kingdom of God. So understand that when, when, when God is asking you to give into your local body, it's for the kingdom. You are investing in the kingdom of God. And your giving is a part of his operation, his mode of operation, his method of operation on how to provide for the kingdom. Giving is just a part of that. Why? Because he is not raining down money. To churches. He's not, he's not doing that. He works through us. He works through us to be able to provide for the kingdom here on earth. And in us providing for the kingdom here on earth, we are building an heavenly account in heaven. And we're going to see that. But as you give, remember, remember this. And I'll, again, well, I told you, my whole objective, the whole objective of this teaching is that you see money differently. We need you to see money differently than what you see, what, what, how, how you see it now. We need everybody to see money differently. See it differently. See it, we're not, we cannot view it because we're not... Uh, uh, in the world, we're in the world, but we're not of it. We're not of the kingdom. We're not of this system, of this earthly system. We're not of this world system. So we cannot think, we cannot view things, we cannot think like the people, the system, the, the way the system is set up. We cannot operate that way. That means our thoughts cannot be the same way that people of, the, of this world's thoughts are. We have to see it differently. That's why I said we want to see. We got it. We have to see money differently. Money is just an exchange. And I told you last week, we talked about investing uh, in, in investing in the kingdom. I said that, again, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I said that, that, that the system's ways are different. As a matter of fact, I said specifically that you either, no, no, no. His purpose, his plans, his methods, his results. His purpose, his plans, his methods, his results 
are very different from those of this world system. And then when I said that, I, made the, I gave the example about investing. Right? So remember what I said. I said his purpose, his plans, his ways, his methods, his results are very different from this world. So we talked about investing. And so I said in investing, and I asked you, you know, when you all get your, your investment papers, when, you, when you've, you've uh, uh, um, invested in stocks and you invested in bonds and you get your monthly statements or you get your tri-monthly tri statements or whatever, however you get them, I asked, did you look at them? And a lot of you said, yes, you do. So when you look at those, you see that the money that you put in and the stocks, and the, the stocks that you've done, they, can, they decrease sometimes and sometimes they increase. They increase sometimes and sometimes they decrease. And it's just this constant, this constant in and out. This constant, and I told you that your money, it loses value. It loses value. So when those stocks go down and the values of those stocks go down, that means that those businesses have not done so well. So when those businesses don't do so well, then your stock value goes down. And so there goes, at that point, there goes the value of your money. It goes down. Right? And so it keeps going down. It keeps going down. And God forbid you get into a company where they just hit rock bottom. They file bankruptcy. Like my favorite store, Charming Charlie. And I thought I was doing enough investing in there to keep them. But I was not. Evidently, I was not. So, in that, whoever had stocks in Charm and Charlie, guess what happened? Now, had they been smart, they would have, they would have looked at those stocks and they would have tried to sell at a time. But even then, what they put in it wouldn't have been the same value as what they got out of it. Because that's the world system. But then what I told you, so that's a difference. So that, that's how the investments of the world go. That's just the way they go. But when you invest in the kingdom of God, guess what? There's never a deficit. There's never a deficit when you're investing in the kingdom of God. Now, you may not see. You don't get monthly statements. You don't get monthly statements. You don't even get tri-monthly statements. But you can see the lives of people change. You may not always see what's happening in the background, but trust me, your, 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 your investment in the kingdom of God, it will never see a deficit. Just like I told you, even before, as a matter of fact, it's very much, very different. Because with, the, with, the, 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 uh, with our, our, our Malachi, remember what I told you, we talked about Malachi. It says, it, it tells us, to bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And then he said, prove me now, herewith said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That room enough to receive it, that lets you know right there that there's never a deficit. As a matter of fact, you get a whole lot more out of it than what you put into it. And it's of more value than what you put into it. And so again, in order to grasp that concept, and in order to accept that concept, and in order to appreciate that concept, and be grateful for that concept, you're going to have to change your way of thinking about money. You're going to have to change the way you think about what you put in. You're going to have to change your way of thinking about putting in. Because some of us don't put in at all. And that's because we don't see a return on our investment. 
That's because we don't think there's a return on our investment. That's because some of us are covetous. And so that's why we're teaching this. So we, need, we have to understand. We need to understand and see it the way that God sees it. Why? Because we are in this world, but we are not of it. Why? Because we are, we are claiming that we are saved. We are claiming that Jesus is Lord. We are claiming that he is our Lord and our Savior. We're claiming. We're claiming. But it's more than a proclamation. It's more, it has to be more than a proclamation. Either you're going to trust him with all, with all, with every area of your life, either you're going to trust him with every area of your life, or you're not going to trust him at all. And that's just the bottom line. Remember what I told you. I said that God requires that we give him all. It says in the scripture, to love the Lord your God with all. Love him with all. So you're going to either love him with all, or you're not. There's no picking and choosing. I'll love him based on this and according to this, and I'll love him this far. <clears throat> I'll love him this much. And that's what we say to God. When we don't obey in every area, we're telling him, I'll only love you this much. That's what we're saying. Why? I didn't make it up because the scripture says what? If you love me, then you'll do what? You'll obey if you love me, you'll obey. He said it in his word. So if you don't obey everything, you're telling him, I only love you this much. And that's just the bottom line. So this is all a part, all of this is a part of our hearts. What it is, what's in our hearts, what, what, is, what are our hearts holding on to? How are our hearts perceiving things? Perception is everything because your perception becomes your reality. Your perception of things, it then becomes your reality. And your reality is what you will act on and what you will respond to. Your perception becomes your reality. And your reality is what you will act on and what you will respond to. Your perception... And that's why we need to change perception. You need to change the way you perceive things. You need to change the way you think about things. Because your perception becomes your reality. And your reality is what you act on and what you respond to. I'm going to make this statement. We're going to come back to it. But it's good. it would be good to have it in your notes a few times. One is that bondage... And when I say bondage, I'm including debt, because we are talking about money. Bondage, parentheses, put debt in, in parentheses, is of the enemy. And it is the way of the world. Bondage, parentheses, debt, is of the enemy. And it is the way of the world. Freedom, number two. Freedom is of God, and it is the way of the kingdom. Freedom is of God, and it is the way of the kingdom. Those two phrases we will come back to at some point, and I, again, I might even say it 
several times before we, before we end this message. But those two things are very important to hold on to. That's what we want. We want financial freedom. We need you to have financial freedom. You can have financial freedom in any state that you find yourself in. In any financial state that you find yourself in, you can still have financial freedom. In any income bracket that you find yourself in, you can have financial freedom. And I know that that's a hard concept. It's a hard concept because we're thinking like the world thinks. The world thinks financial freedom means I can buy what I want, when I want, I'm just free, I can just do what I want, I have to have, and I have to have enough money to be able to do that. That's what they think financial freedom is, but that is not financial freedom. It's not. Why? Because a lot of us won't ever get to the state where we just have everything that we want. We have all the money that we need, that we want, we can just buy everything. So if, if that's the case, then you will never be financially free. And I, what did I say? I said freedom is of God. And freedom is the way of the kingdom. I said bondage. See, that's bondage when you have to have, when you think you have to have, and I try to get everything. Listen to these statements. I said we were going to get to this, and I'm kind of jumping around, but this, this, recognize, so this is recognizing the path of financial bondage. I want you to recognize the path of financial bondage. Listen to this. It's a mindset. So financial bondage, it's a mindset. Not just a financial state. It's a mindset. Okay? Mindsets pertaining to money. So we have to be careful of these thoughts. Number one, I have it to spend. That means I have the money. I have the money that I I need. I have it to spend. So I will buy whatever I want and can afford to buy. I also have some to give. But I'll hold on to it just in case I need it. Okay? That statement, that thought, that's financial bondage. It's financial bondage. I have what I need. I got all the money that I need. I can get what I want, when I want, and I'm going to do that. And I have something to give. But I'm going to hold on to it. Because I'll never know when I'll need it. That is financial bondage. That should remind you of the scripture about the man who had barns. And he had so much stuff that he had to build. His His thought was what? I need to build bigger barns. So I can hold all my stuff. If you got that much stuff. Well, you have to build bigger barns when there are those who don't have anything? If that's your mindset, that's financial bondage. You are in financial bondage. You are bound. Although you might be, you feel like you're free because you can buy what you want to buy when you want to buy it. So you think you're free, but you're not because you're bound. It's get what I can, I'm going to spend what I can and what I want, but I'm going to continue to get, I'm going to continue, and I'm going to sit on what I get. That's financial bondage. And that's why God says, and again, if you give into this ministry, 
and you're comfortable in that giving, and you have not stretched yourself to give, you're building bigger barns, understand that you are not operating from grace. You will say, out of your mouth, you will say that you are blessed, and you are, because it is God who has given you the ability to gain wealth. So you are blessed, but you're not operating in anybody's grace, let alone God's. Your own strength, your own ability, you're comfortable. You're comfortable. So you don't need grace. Grace is for what you cannot do. Grace is for what you cannot do. When you are stretching yourself, you are saying, Lord, this is what I have. And I'm willing to give it. Now, I don't know what this is going to mean for me later. That doesn't even matter. Why? Because my confidence is in you. That I am investing in the kingdom. And that you are able, you said in your word, you said to bring me all the tithes into the storehouse. And my offering, my free will offering, that's even on top of that. My free will, I'm just, I just want to freely. But see, you got, but you got to be able to give that freely. I'm not talking about giving because you're saying, Lord, I know you, this is what you said, and this is what you said, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it, and doing it fearfully and do it. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's why I need you to be free. That's not to be free in the way you think about your money. That's not to be, I need you to be free in, 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 and not be in bondage, for a financial bondage. Because then you, your thought then is not, it's not, it's not even about that. It's about, Lord, I know. This is what you said. You said you wanted me to give this. You spoke it to my heart. I heard you speak it. So I know you want me to give it. And if you ask me to give it, I'm going to give it. You are going to take care of the rest. I'm not gonna. Th- I'm not gonna think about it anymore. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna toss and turn. I'm not. I'm not gonna give it a second thought. I'm gonna throw it in the bucket, and it's gonna be. That's it. Look at this. We take this opportunity to declare our independence from the economy of this world. That's that world system. The way the world thinks about it. And that's why I wanted that up there. We make these confessions. We make these confessions. We take this. We. We confess that all the work you did at Calvary will be seen in our lives and that we will be called blessed by all those who know us. When God's grace and his work, the work that he did at Calvary, when that work, can, can, it can fully be seen in your life. The work he did at Calvary can fully be seen in your life. That freedom that he's given you at Calvary, it can be freely seen in your life when you can say and when we can see that we declare that our independence is from the economy of this world. Why? Because that grace, that thing that he's done at Calvary, it will be seen in your life. Your gratefulness for that, your freedom for that, it will be seen. It will be readily seen. And then we will be able to, then, and then, people will be able to call you blessed. Now, I'm, now again, I'm talk, we're talking about money right now. Now, this can relate to a lot of things. You give your life over to God, you give your life over to God because of, of the work he did at Calvary. People will call you blessed. But if you are financially free, you're financially free and you're grateful for the work that God has done at Calvary, it will be seen in your life. God will, people will call you blessed. Why? Because they see how freely you give. 
They see how freely you give. And in your freedom to give, you're showing that you declare that your independence is from the economy of this world. I'm not relying. I'm not trusting in that. I'm not trusting in mammon. I'm not trusting in riches. I'm not trusting in that. Because God is able to keep me. I know that he is. I trust it. I trust it. So if he is causing me and calling me to stretch, if he is calling me to sacrifice, I said that, I said that grace is found in your obedience and when you obey, but it's also found in your sacrifice. Grace is experienced in your sacrifice. So if you're not sacrificing, here we go again. That's why I said, if you're, not, if you're not obeying and you're not sacrificing, you're not experiencing the grace of God, particularly when it comes to your finances, you're not experiencing that. You are operating on mercy and His loving kindness. You've yet to experience His grace. And I know so sometimes these teachings can be a little bit hard. Why? Because of the way that we think about money and the way that we think about the economy of this world and the way that we think of those thoughts. All of those things, those are trappings. It's, they are trappings and they are keeping you financially in bondage. They're keeping you financially bound. See, a person who is free, that was one statement. I went off on a tangent on that one statement. And I had four. Number two. So the first one was, I have it to spend. I'll buy what I want. I can afford it. I have something to give, but I'll hold on to it just in case I need it. That's one train of thought. Another train of thought. I don't have it to spend. Remember I said that covetousness, and this is... uh, Part of some part of covetousness. Remember when I said that covetousness, it can it can be found in two in two ways. In those that don't have it, and those are the most covetous. They don't have it, but they they do their best. Remember, and what did I say about covet? I said that covet it means to set your heart upon or fix the desire upon. To set your heart upon it, to fix the desire upon, extend intensively. So you're going to fix your heart on something intensively. And with passion. I said you long for it and you lust after it. And those who don't have it, they do all of that. They lust for it and they long for it. They lust after it. So, you can see covetousness in that way. But then you can also see covetousness in those who do have. Because they have, they want more, and they're not satisfied till they get more. Building bigger barns. I want more. It don't matter what I got, I still want more. Greed. That's covetousness. Greed is covetousness. And you can see that in those two forms. Covetousness. So, so that covetousness, that was found in that first description, that first mindset that I said, that I have to spend, I'll buy what I want, I can afford it, and I can afford to give, but I'm going to hold on to it in case I need it. That's covetousness. I don't have it to spend, so I'll borrow it. I don't have it to spend, so I'm going to borrow it. So I can buy it. So I can buy what I want. Financial bondage. In more than one way. Because now you're going into debt to get what you want. Financial bondage. I don't have it. I want it. I see things that I want. I see things that I want all the time. 
money to get it. So I do have a credit card. And depending on what store I go to, they'll offer me a credit card. Right there. If you get this credit card right now, you get 25% off. And guess what? If you pay the balance before six months, there's no interest. Who pays the whole balance before six months? Financial bondage. They're getting you caught up in the economy of this world. Why? Because the economy of this world, that's how they see. That's what they do. That's what their mindset, that's what they want. They want to get all they can. And they get all they can from you. They get all they can from you. Because all that interest is accumulating. Because you're not paying it back before six months. Why? Because you're going to pay the bare minimum. You didn't charge up $500. They tell you you can pay 20 And you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. $20, I can do that. So that's $20 for that card. You got another 20 for another card. You got another 25 for another card. Oh, I can do that. It's only 20 40 75 I can do that. But what about that interest? See, when you, let me, okay, let me, show, let me tell you how this works. When you have a credit card, the money, the balance that you have on it, the balance that you have on it, it's accumulating interest. The full balance accumulates interest. So you pay the bare minimum, a portion of that goes to interest, and a, por- a portion of it goes to what you actually spend. But that's it. So... You pay a little bit down. You thought you paid. Some people think, oh, I paid $25. So that's $25 less. So instead of $500, I only owe $475. Well, that's not true. It's not true. You probably owe $490. Only $10 went towards that balance. That other $15, it went towards the interest. So now you're thinking you're paying less, but that thought, next time they roll around that interest, it's going to accumulate on the $490. Then now they get more interest off of you. That's the way, that's the way it works. And that's why I said, that's part of financial, but that's the way the world, the system, the world operates. I'm going to loan you some money. They don't even loan you money. I'm going to loan, I'm going to give you some space for some credit. I'm going to give you some space for some credit, and then I'm going to charge you for the option to use that credit. But that way, I'm getting more money than what you actually spend. That's how I get, that's how I make mine. Loan sharks. Loan sharks. Interest. I joke with my sister all the time. I tell you, if you borrow, you borrow something from me, I'm going to charge you interest. 150% interest. Whatever. Whatever I can think of. At the time. But that's, what, that's, see, but that's the world. So that's what they do. That's what they do. But th- that's why I said, we do all of those things. That's a mindset. And that's keeping us in financial bondage. Number three. This, the third mindset. I don't have it to spend, 
but I want it. So I'll do what it takes to get the money to get it. Okay? So the, first, the second one was about the credit card. So I don't have it. I'm just going to go get some credit cards so I can get it. This third one is I don't have it to spend, but I want it. Oh, and, and think about, oh, let me go back to number two. Because it's not just about credit cards. It's not just about credit cards. When I said I'll borrow it, don't get caught up with these cash now commercials. Cash now? You've seen those. They say, come and take out a loan with us. They do, a lot of times they do it before Christmas, but I still see them after. But they, they want to do it before Christmas. You don't have enough money to get your Christmas gifts? Cash now. Come to the cash now. They, they have all of those little things to get you to come and take out a loan. On that loan, they're not, when you give them that money, if you go and get a thousand dollars, a loan for a thousand dollars so you can buy a Christmas presents, or anything, you're not paying them back a thousand dollars. Because they're gonna charge interest for it. Financial bond. Anything to get you in financial bond. I'm trying to get mine. I'm gonna give you this. Thinking you, thinking you're getting ahead. And guess what? You have to make, you have to make payments. So you're making payments if you didn't have the money to get what you needed before you got the loan because of your bills. How are you going to have it to make payments adding another bill on top of what you already had? You didn't have the money to begin with. Now you've gotten a thousand dollar loan to use it for whatever. You don't have that money no more. You barely know what you're spending on. But you, now you owe, and you have to make monthly payments on it. With interest. On top of the bills that you already had. Creating more debt. You're creating more debt. And then you wonder why you don't have anything to give to the kingdom. You wonder why when it's time for offering. Even if you pay tithes. Even if you do. But when it's time for special offerings, when it's time for offering period, because some people just stop at the tithe. Ooh. Ooh. Some people think it's, th- that scripture talks about tithes and offerings. Malachi, that talks about tithes and offerings. So they think if I give it, the tithe is just what, the tithe is what you already owe God. That's just, that's just what you owe him. A free will, offerings after, after that, those are free will. That means I give because I want to. I give because, that's just the offerings. It says tithes and offerings. When they make, when they, when we do the, uh, do the announcements, when the person does the, do, do the announcements, they say, let's prepare for our tithes and offerings. And then on special days, they may say, let's prepare for our tithes, our offerings, and our assessments. The assessments, those are things that, that are asked, that are extra at times. And assessments don't last always. Now, I always probably seem like it's lasting always. That's because everybody's not assessed. And we've had to dip into our assessments to take care of things that we should be taking care of with our tithes and our offerings. 
So the assessment has to last for 30 years. An assessment for 30 years. It ain't been quite that long. Not quite that long. But it's been a long time. We've been assessing for a long time. For a building. For a building. But that's because we don't bring the tithes and the offering. That's why. Because the assessment could have purely, purely been for the building. Purely. That's what it was that's what it was designed for. That's why it was created. That's why. That's why it was created. But when we don't do what we're supposed to do monthly with the tithes and the offering, then we have to use the assessment money, the building money, something that was allocated for something else, just like we do in our houses. Some of us, when we spend our bill money, or when we spend money that we're not supposed to, we go over our little extra money that we had, and then we, got to, we dip into, we don't have to, but we dip into our bill money. Instead of paying $150 on my electricity bill, I'm only going to pay 50 I catch them on the back end. You dip into money that you're supposed to have for allocated for something else. You're dipping into it because you're in financial bondage. That's the only reason. And I know, I can hear, I can hear the wheels turning. I know you're going to get in your car, you're going to go home, and you're going to get in your car, and you're going to say, she don't know what she's talking about. She don't know what I make. She don't know what I make. So she can say that, but she don't know what I make. She don't know what I make on a HEB salary. She don't know what I make on a whatever. She don't, she don't know what I make. What did I say? At the beginning, that God's grace is sufficient in any income bracket. I'm talking about having a heart to give. So tithes, that's God. God is telling you, whatever you make, I need 10% of that. Whatever you earn, 10%. I need 10%. Nobody's telling you how much offering to give. That's between you and God. It's between you and God. The mindset, though, should be is I'm going to give something. I've got to give something beyond what he's already asked me to give. Something beyond the tithe. I've got to give something beyond the tithe because that's just his to begin with. I just want to give a free will offering. I just want to freely give him an offering. Because of all the work that he did at Calvary, I just want to, I just want to give him. I just want to give him something beyond what he just asked me to do. That can be however much you want it to be. It's free will. Everybody's telling you how much. But are you doing anything? No, why? Because she don't know what I make on my set. She don't know what I bring home. It doesn't matter because God's grace is sufficient in any income bracket. Because nobody is telling you, even in the assessment. And I'm going to say this: even in the assessment, some people five hundred dollars, two thousand dollars a month, five hundred dollars every quarter. She don't know what I make. But are you giving anything? If you're telling me that I I really can't afford the five hundred dollars every quarter, what whatever. Are you giving? Any, I'm talking about a heart to give. I, just a heart to want to 
just a heart to want to, be, to invest in the kingdom. Because I know what the investment can do. It's not about the money. I know what the investment can do. The investment is so that we can have meat in this house. And I told you that the meat in this house is not just for you. But the meat is when we are bringing in these folks and we go out and we're witnessing and we have folks to come and visit. That meat is in the house so that when they come, they can eat. You're providing meat. That's a part. That is a part of your giving so that we can have a building to meet in, so that we can have lights and have everything. We want to become, we all want to become, we don't want to be sitting here sweating and, and having, the, we don't, none, of, none of us want that. We want to have, the, to be able to have heat in the winter. We want that. You all want that. But everybody's not giving towards it. That's all I'm saying. And it don't matter. It doesn't matter the income bracket. I can bring 500, you can bring 50. I can bring 50, you can bring 5. It doesn't matter because what, what has God already told us several times? It's not about the amount. It's about if everybody does their part and do their best, we would be provided for. He said it. It's not about, think about the, think about the woman, the woman uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Bible that gave her mind. And it says that, that Jesus himself, Jesus himself was standing there. Everybody putting in. People going and they putting in. And that two, was the two little mites? Two little mites. So all these folks. So she got, she got lawyers. She got doctors. She got physicians. She got all these folks. She got her whatever, whatever kind of jobs they had. All these folks coming to worship at the same place. All of us, different incomes, coming to worship at the same place. It don't even matter. They give it whatever, what they're comfortable with. Pulling out wads of money, putting it in, and, that, and that's not even phasing them, because that's just out of their car seat. Somebody said the back of a car seat. You can find it in the back. That's just what they pulled out. That's just what they had in their pocket at the moment. So if you got all that in, in your pocket at the moment, what you got in the bank? Comfortable. I'm just going to put this in. And they're not, they not swear, they not think about it. That Bible said that she put in her little two mites. And she gave more. Because it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's not about the quantity. It wasn't about the dollar amount. It was about the the quality, the quality in which she gave it. She gave all that she had. She sacrificed. She stretched. She sacrificed and she stretched. Two mites. This is what I got and I'm giving it. And she didn't bat an eye. She did it. Didn't bat an eye. She did it. And Jesus said she gave more than them all. It's not about the, qua- the quantity. It's about the quality. What kind of heart are you giving with? Are you giving it? Is it in your heart to give? We're changing our way of thinking about money. We're changing our way of thinking about the economy of this world. We're changing our way of thinking about our finances, about financial management. We're changing our way of thinking. Why? We have to. And it's not, listen, 
I told you before that yes, the, the church, this church, we can benefit from any dollars that's put in the bucket. We're going to benefit from it. It's going to go towards a light bill. It's going to go, it's going to go towards something. We're going to spend it. But it's not about that. Because guess what? We're spending it and you're not giving it. So you're not, if you're not involved in it, it, it so it's not about, and we're, and we're sustaining, it's not about you, it's not about us just wanting you to give. We just want you to give us money. We just want you to give us money. That's not, that's not what this is about. This is about positioning you to take part in what God is doing so that you can receive the blessing that God has for you. That's what this is about. This is about being able to take advantage, full advantage. This is about you being able to take full advantage of God's grace in and upon your life. This is about you taking full advantage. You taking full advantage. This is about your family, your children, and your children's children being able to take full advantage of your giving and your investment in the kingdom. Why? Because the word he already said it in Malachi. He says what? Prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven blessing. Jesus and Jesus alone and everything that comes with it. Everything that comes with it. You're not going to have room to receive it. If you don't have room, somebody is going to be receiving it after you're gone. That's an investment. That's an investment that keeps on giving. That is an investment without deficiencies. That's an investment that goes way beyond what you give. Financially, monetary-wise. That goes way beyond that. Guess what? I would rather, I would rather, much rather, much rather build an account in heaven with God so that my child so that my grandson and his children when he has them so that they all will have the blessings of me because I invested in the kingdom of God I would much rather have that than to have any return on the dollar right now Money is passing and fleeting. I told you that. You get, you have some, yes. Yeah, you spend it, and then you don't have none. Then you get some, and you spend it, and you don't have none. But then guess what? As long as you're working, you're gonna get another paycheck. You'll never be broke, because as long as you're working, you're gonna get a paycheck. Now, what you do with that paycheck? That makes a difference. But you'll never be broke as long as you're working. And I know what you consider broke. Again, you've got to change your mindset. Because we've got to learn to be a base when we have and when we don't have. So I say broke. And people are like, yeah, see I have my paycheck and I don't have a dime. I done spent it. No, I don't have nothing. My account is zero. Got probably 12 cents to the next time I get paid. So I'm broke. You're not broke. 
You don't have no money in the bank. But that don't mean you're broke. You're not broke. If you have God, you're not broke. <laughs> if you have God, you're whole. You're whole. I'm whole because with or without money, I still have the joy of the Lord. With or without money, in the bank right now, with, my, uh, with all 12 of my sins, with all 12 of my sins, I bless the Lord with all 12 of my sins. And don't get paid till next Friday. With all 12 of my sins, I still have the joy of the Lord. And guess what? I'm going to still put my shoes and I'm going to go in my closet tomorrow and put my shoes and my, my, my whatever I'm going to wear. I'm going to put on my makeup. I'm going to put on my jewelry. I'm going to look good with all 12 cents in the bank. Because guess what? I get paid next Friday. I'm not going to always not have money. You got to change your mentality. You got to change your mentality. Your way of thinking. That was just number what? That was number three. Yeah, I got one more. I don't have it to spend. Another mindset. Number four. I don't have it to spend, but I want it. I don't have the means to get it. So now I'm depressed and unhappy. That's financial bondage. I don't have it. So that's, that's basically what I just explained to you a few minutes ago. It just led up to it. I don't have it. I'm not going to go no longer to go get it. I'm not taking out no credit cards. I'm not doing any of that. I will be okay. I'm, I will be okay. Without those new pair of shoes. I will be okay. I shall live and not die. I only got a pair of black shoes in my closet. I got a pair of black shoes. I got a pair of brown shoes. I just got two pair of shoes. But it's okay if I don't get, it's okay if I don't go in debt to get those pair of shoes. It's okay. I don't have the money to get it. It's okay. This is how much money I have. I do want that brand new Tesla. But working at H-E-B, I can't get a brand new Tesla. I could. If I decide I was going to go in debt to get it done and have my monthly payment on that Tesla be more than my apartment payment, I got to move back in at home with my mama and my daddy because I can't afford my apartment rent because I decided I want to go get a brand new Tesla. Financial bondage. Thinking about the economy of this world. We have to change our way, change our mentality, our way of thinking. I can be a base. Why? Because we are children of the Most High God. We spent we spent all that time last last month in December. We spent all that time talking about Jesus is the reason for the season. What does that really mean? You are people who are blessed. You are blessed beyond words. 
Blessed beyond words. And yet we allow the a thing of not having money or not having money right now depress us and make us unhappy. Some people get depressed because they don't have money. Guess what? We can go shop. I may not have no money. You want to go shop? We can shop. Well, not me, because I don't really like to shop. But you know what I mean. We can shop. And I can help you spend your money. You got money to spend? I do that a lot. What you look, girl, what you looking for? You let me know what you're looking for. You go on that side, I go on this side. We're going to find it. I'm going to help you spend your money. I do that all the time. We're going to shop and drip. That's what I do. I carry my purse under my... What you looking for? I'll help you find it. Because then it's about the fellowship. I'm not unhappy. I'm not going to stay home because I don't have no money to spend. I'm not staying home because I don't have the money to spend. I'm not staying home. I got my hotel room. I'm going to have money for food. I got some money for some food. I done paid my hotel. I got my money for my phone. I'm good to go. I done paid my money for the bus, however we get there, and chip chip for gas, however we get there, whatever. So what if I don't have no extra money to spend? So what? I got money for food. I'm going to eat. So I have my burger. I'm going to have my whatever. I'm going to have my whatever. And I'm going to eat that. Why I help you look for your whatever you want to look for. And I'm just as content. And I just as happy. If happy is a word, I don't even I don't even care about happy. I have joy. I'm okay. I'm okay. Ain't no sense in being depressed and sitting around thinking about what you can't get and what you and I don't have cable and I don't have and I don't have I don't have a new iPhone and I don't have what? I got to keep this I nine. I don't have an I ten or whatever number. They don't even know what number. They don't even care. I don't even matter because I don't even have an iPhone. I have an I Android. It does exactly what I needed to do. I don't care. And people talk about my, you know, I'm at, at, the, at the college. People, and those, those children, I come with common children, but they're children to me. Those students, they, it's always talking about my, my, uh, my Android. You don't have an iPhone? Look, I work every day, and you are a student. What, what are you talking about? You can't afford to pay tuition, but you got an iPhone? What you mean? Don't kick me out, but I ain't, I ain't make my. You didn't make. You didn't make your deferred payment plan. You didn't make your payment last last month. But you got an iPhone. Oh come on! Somebody's lying. Ain't no way. You got a new pair of Jordans, but you can't make a payment. You know, they come in there sad, too. All kind of sad, soft stories, crying and sniffing. and They do all of that stuff with iPhones. My Android works just fine. I take pictures. I can text. I can do 
Well, my, my pictures don't look as good as those with iPhones. But I still take pictures. I still got plenty of pictures of my grandson. Okay? With my Android. It doesn't even matter. But we get so unhappy. We get so depressed because we can't have... We don't have, and we don't. We say we don't. You have, you have a lot. You're just not grateful for what you do have. That's the problem. Remember, I told you last week. We talk. We, we're so caught up in the luxuries of life that we forget about the necessities. We're so caught up with having luxuries that we forget about, and we cannot be grateful, and we don't appreciate the necessities of shelter and food and clothing. That's, those are the necessities. You have a roof over your head. You're able to eat. You have clothes on your back. You don't have to freeze in the winter because you have a jacket, a coat. You have shoes on your feet. You have socks. Those are the necessities in the cold. And you have that. You have that. But you're unhappy because you don't have an iPhone. I got money for a Toyota. I'm unhappy because I can't get a Tesla. I can't get a Benz. But I'm driving. It's getting me from point A to point B. For me, it's a necessity. Why? Because I live 30 minutes away from home, from, from work. I live 30 minutes away from church. So that's a necessity. I, where I live, I don't even have buses that run out where I live. I got to walk about three miles on this street that you don't want to walk on to even get to a bus. And they don't even run on the weekends. A car for me is a necessity. But I, that don't mean I have to have a Benz. A car that's going to get me 30 minutes to work, 30 minutes to church. That's what I need. Necessities. But we're so caught up in the luxuries that we can't appreciate the necessities that we already have. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.